the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back because it's hour two of Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. I'm Randy Corcoran, your pumped-up purveyor of principle, passionate patriotism at 6.06 on a cold and snowy night here in beautiful but sadly depressing Colorado. And it's so good to have you here. Phone number 303-696-1971. 696-1971. Very busy week ahead for me. On Monday, I will be co-moderating the Douglas County GOP's debate for all of the CD4 candidates. Uh, Ken Buck, of course, is not running anymore. And there are, what, 10 or 11 people now vying, including Lauren Boebert, who moved over from CD3 to now run in CD4. And I'll be moderating that debate with Ernest Lunning from Colorado Politics, one of the good guys when it comes to reporting on Republican activities here in Colorado. You can uh, get a straight scoop out of Ernest, and uh, we always do appreciate that. Then Tuesday, of course, it's our monthly Tea Party meeting. If you're new to the show, I'm the chairman of the largest Tea Party group here in Colorado, the Arapaho Tea Party. And apparently, you can the only place to get tickets now is at a website that somebody put up for me. I've got, got to look into this a little more. But it's RBCFOR Colorado, RBC for Colorado. Uh, I guess it's my new Republican National Committee Man website, so I'm going to have to <laughs> do a little homework on that thing. But if you want to go to the Tea Party, we do. We don't charge, of course, but we always run out of room, and so we need to register the folks who are coming. RBC for Colorado, RBC for Colorado dot com. Go to the events tab, and uh, you can register there. Or if you have troubled with that, just send an email to Arapaho Tea Party at gmail dot com. Arapahoe Tea Party at gmail.com. And then Wednesday, Valentine's Day, um, mixed, you know, not, not a great day for me, obviously, my first Valentine's Day since my beautiful bride died unexpectedly last year. But um, I talked a couple, two or three weeks ago about a, a wonderful widow that I met at, in my grief class last year. And she and I are going to babysit for my kids, babysit all the grandkids, or at least some of them. And uh, so that our kids can actually go out and have a very special Valentine's Day because they're working so hard that they, they don't get a chance to date their spouses anymore. So I lost mine, and there's no reason that they can't go out and celebrate theirs. And then come Thursday and Friday, I think I'm just going to have a, a meltdown and uh, maybe go to a mental health institution. I'm not sure. But we shall see. Anyway, we're back to... Um, talking with my friend Garland Favorito from Georgia. The website there is VoterGA.org, VoterGA.org. Garland is a longtime activist. He's been fighting for election integrity in Georgia for a long, long time. Two-week case against the Secretary of State in Georgia concluded just uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And the information that has come out of that thing has been absolutely fantastic. And Garland stays with us. Appreciate that, Garland. Uh, thanks for sticking around to this hour. 
Oh, my pleasure. You know, Randy, that case was actually almost four weeks. It was uh, oh. just about two days short of four weeks. I guess, what, that'd be three weeks and three days or something like that? That's just absolutely incredible. And uh, these things are, like you said, with John Eastman's um, bar, California bar trial and the trial that finally occurred in Georgia on this 1999 Secretary of State case, evidence is finally getting into court records, and it's absolutely crucial. Yeah, uh, and that's what's really exciting for us. The more evidence we can get on the record, the better off we're going to be. And and, uh, it's going to prove that, uh, you know, the media has been lying to us for three years trying to convince us that there was no fraud and irregularities in the 2020 election. I think we've proven that that's not true. Yeah, and what's your... What do you surmise is the reason that so many soft, underbellied Republicans, people who ought to have the courage to stand up for fair and transparent elections, for voter ID, for for the simple things that could help give people – I mean, trust in our elections is at an all-time low. And it's not because there are people who still have the courage to talk about it. It's because people understand in their gut – that crazy things are going on, and and what happened during the all of the COVID changes was not only unconstitutional but just morally and criminally outrageous. And yet we have Republicans, including your own Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, I can never say his name, uh, Raffensperger, um, who simply refuse to talk about it. Are they part of the scheme? Are they? afraid because people get sued for defamation or, uh, you know, get get doxxed at home or at work? What's your speculation about why we have so little courage from even people on our side of the political spectrum? Yeah, that's a really good question, Randy. I'm not sure I have a, a rock-solid answer. I mean, in the case of Brad Raffensperger, I'm, I'm convinced that he's compromised uh, in a variety of ways, so um, that's his excuse. But but the, the 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 better question, as you're trying to raise here, is that what what, what about the average Republican? Um, fortunately, here in Georgia, um, the Republicans we've we've had such a statewide information campaign running over the last couple of years that most of the Republicans are aware of the problems that exist in the in the voting system. But you still, nevertheless, have quite a few, like you've just said, that are not concerned, or either they don't care or they don't know, uh, or some combination of the two. And some of these Republicans, uh, they're just not principled people. And they are not willing to stand up for what's right. They're in it for other motives, uh, for their personal financial gain or uh, for power or um, some other motive other than just the pure principles uh, for which, you know, most of the folks like you and me uh, stand for. Uh, So I think that would probably be, uh, if I was to speculate, that would be my guess as to why some of the Republicans just will not stand up for anything. 
It, it just it it breaks my heart. I mean, people who I've known and and even trusted, and they they simply won't talk about reality. They won't engage. I I used to come on the air whether I was doing my Saturday show or filling in, you know, weekdays for somebody here on the station and start out the show by saying, you know, I invite anybody with a TV camera, with a microphone, with a blog who writes for a newspaper or a news website or whatever, who wants to talk about the uh, the problems with starting that we really became aware of in the election in 2020 and were magnified in the election in 2020. Um, just bring it on and we'll, we'll pick a state, we'll pick a, a topic, an aspect of it. Cause I want to spend enough time to actually go back and forth. I never get any takers. Never. Interesting. Yeah. D- you and I are on a weekly national election integrity call and, and Cleta Mitchell is just an amazing rock star. And we, we have people all over the spectrum from individual states and the federal government uh, former, you know, White House officials or uh, other high-level government folks, and I'm so I, I get so much optimism when I get off of these calls. I mean, we learn about the the new things that we need to be worrying about and and we're, that we're going after. But I see a level of proactivity as we come into this most important 2024 election. Uh, from people who actually have an understanding now of how our elections get manipulated, uh, that I, I feel tremendous optimism, especially given how close the margins were, say, in the presidential election from an electoral college perspective, maybe 40,000 votes between electoral college victory and defeat for Donald Trump, if you believe the counts that we received. Um, but my optimism is high that people are awake, that people are going to be in the right places, in the right battleground states and battleground jurisdictions, um, that they're not going to get away with it this time. How do you feel? Uh, exactly the same way, Randy. The, um, I've never seen the outpouring of people who are concerned and care uh, like I've seen in the last uh, few years. It's just uh, amazing, and I mean, historically, whoever has the most activated base um, focusing on election integrity issues, they typically win. So um, uh, it looks very encouraging for a turnaround and uh, some, you know, a movement back to election integrity and back to folks who who uh, really care about America. So I'm I'm also uh, very encouraged, um, and after spending 20 years in this, and I've seen, you know, went through many many years where, 50, where most of the people didn't care or didn't know. Um, I don't see that anymore. I see a really engaged uh, set of folks like we've never had before. Um, our voter GA has just grown through the roof um, with people who are interested in volunteering and. Uh, give, donating their skill to the cause. It's really exciting. Um, you know, it's almost enough to make you cry to see how how, how, uh, how folks are responding. So I'm, I'm encouraged as well. Yeah, and, you know, from a, po- a political aspect and social policy aspect, so many people have awakened to what's going on in our schools, what's going on, obviously, at the southern border, and, and so many other things that – that's why the Democrats are so terrified of this upcoming election. I'm very, very sure about that. The um, 
there's so much information here for people to get, and I want to encourage people to go to VoterGA.org, VoterGA.org. Um, we have I haven't been taking any calls because we've been speaking with you, but we do have a text to studio app where text messages come in live. Always enjoy getting those from listeners. And somebody wanted me to ask you about former Ar- Army Intelligence Officer Captain Seth Keschel. What did he contribute to the Raffensperger trial? Well, uh, not so much to the trial itself, but Seth has been um, uh, very his he has performed some analysis work down here in Georgia, and I think he's done in other states as well. That's been very very helpful, and he's been able to identify the counties where there was most likely uh, the highest degree of ballot trafficking. Um, and uh, he's done quite a bit of analysis work. Unfortunately, we were not able to use a lot of that work in this particular trial because um, uh, Ricardo, who was our plaintiff, a co-founder of Voter GA, was limited in what he could present, uh, given that um, he had split from the other plaintiffs uh, late uh, in order to get more evidence into the record. Uh, so, um, but Seth has been um, very helpful to us here in in Georgia. Uh, he's he's got an amazing presentation. Um, if I don't know if who's uh, if you know if you've seen it, but I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it where he goes through all the uh, anomalies uh, that show that there's no way that Biden could have won the presidential race in 2020s. Quite a fascinating presentation. I was really taken aback by it when I saw it. But but in regards to his help here, it's been mostly looking at individual counties and identifying where the problems were most likely to occur. So thanks to him, we've got a red, green, and a yellow rating for every county in the state of Georgia, and there's 159 counties here. Well, that's great. You know, it, it lets you know where you need to target resources to stop shenanigans. Uh, exactly, exactly. And that's been that's exactly what we've done. Uh, have you? Did you read the book "Rigged" um, by Molly Hemingway? How the media, big tech, and the Democrats seized our elections. I have heard a lot about it. I really admire her work. I have not really had a chance to read that book, um, uh, even though I am aware of it, uh, just because we have been so busy. Um, Just to give you an example, in January, uh, this whole month we were, you know, we were eating up with trial prep. And then a typical day in our life during the trial was we would be in court all day. We would get a witness list uh, for the next day at about sometime between 6 and 8.30 at night. And then we would have to prepare questions, stay up half the night. Um, So we were only getting about four to six hours of sleep a night during the week and trying to catch up on the weekends and recover so we can get uh, go for another week. So bottom line is I just haven't had time between that and trying to uh, make some headway with the legislature, which is also in session right now. Um, I just have not had a chance to read that book, but it's high on my list. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got some audio. She testified to Congress 
last week, and I've got some audio I'll play for the audience when, when you and I finish our conversation. I see uh, we've talked our way up to another break, and I, I'm going to take you at your word because I want to focus the last segment with you, if you can stick around for one more and get back sure. to this trial. There's so much tasty information, and I guess the, the couple of things I want to make sure we get covered in our final segment together tonight is uh, the hacking of a Dominion ballot marking device not only several years ago, but then again in open court after the vulnerability had been exposed, you know, those three years ago. And then there was a, a very special case in in Georgia that we talked about at the Republican National Committee meeting and, and gets talked about a lot, where there were three, uh, just a local election, three people running, and one person came in third uh, based on the vote machine count, but she was she was surprised that she didn't get any votes because she knew that at least, at least she, and she believed, and he said, her husband had voted for her. So she called for a recount and um, and actually wound up being the winner of that election. I'd like for you to talk about both those things and more when we return. Can you do that for us? Glad to do that, Randy. All right. What a great guest we have. Garland Favorito, the website is VoterGA.org, VoterGA.org. If you start there tonight, you'll be up late, I promise. Well worth it. Stay with us. We're coming right back here on 710-KNUS. Group is it's a beautiful day from all the way back in 1969. Some great music sticks with you a long time, even if you were just a little boy way back when. Anyway, welcome back. Almost halfway through the show, 627. Your Saturday night, cold and snowy here in beautiful but sadly depressing Colorado. And I'm Randy Corpin. Our guest is Garland Favorito. The website is VoterGA.org, VoterGA.org. And you should go there. The information that you will see is absolutely extraordinary. And so, Garland, we promised in this last segment we were going to get back to the, to the actual case itself. Before we do that, though, uh, tell the story of the, of the changed winner in the DeKalb County District 2 commission race. Uh, and what happened over there? It just seems uh, it's quite mysterious to me. Yeah, it's a great story, Randy. Um, and as you said at the break, there was a candidate named Michelle Long Spears. And she got zero votes in the precinct where she and her husband lived and voted. So she knew that was not right. She wasn't sure about her husband, but she knew she voted for herself. <laughs> So, and her family, by the way, lived in precinct that precinct too. So, um, so she uh, complains to the county election board. So the county election board says, "Well, let's let's run the results again." They run the results to get the same thing out of this Dominion Democracy Suite five point five system. And um, so uh, they decide to do a hand uh, count after the machine couldn't produce the right results, and the hand count. Uh, found that she had been shorted 75% of her votes. Um, and I think she had, uh, they had given her credit for 1,000 votes. She had actually gotten 4,000. She ended up, she was in third place out of four candidates, and she ended up being in first place when the, after the hand count was over. Yeah, she wouldn't have, so, made, she wouldn't have made the runoff uh, had that election stood the way it did. Exactly, yeah. yes. And so um, they attributed this 
to a human error or what we call a ballot alignment problem. And um, there is certainly evidence that it was, in fact, a, uh, at least in part, a ballot alignment problem. The issue is, though, it doesn't really explain why the system failed to count 1,800 votes. Uh, 1,400 votes were given to a competitor. That would be an alignment issue. But 1,800 votes were not counted as all. And this, uh, if you look at the sample audit logs, we found that this um, this problem uh, had, this had the the same error, this this um, what we call a QR code uh, signature mismatch error. Um, it has the same ballot rejection error uh, that the we found in 65 of 67 counties that we surveyed in Georgia, and this is the this error. Which, which, but not only it rejects the ballot, but it also doesn't count the ballot. That error was also found in uh, Tennessee, uh, in Williamson County, and that error was confirmed by the Election Assistance Commission, and it was confirmed actually by the Tennessee Secretary of State. So as a result up there, the Tennessee Secretary of State uh, recommended discontinuance use of the Dominion Democracy Suite 5.5 system. Uh, in in the state of Tennessee. So that's the same system that we're planning on conducting the entire statewide election on here in Georgia. Um, So so, uh, what is really disturbing about all this, though, is that after the problem was corrected, they found out, you know, and they, they certified the correct results in that race, not one other race in the state of Georgia was actually um, uh, audited. And so the Secretary of State refused to audit any single other, not one other race in that particular primary. So uh, that is really, really uh, scary, the, the, the Secretary of State's response to this whole thing. In fact, you know, the, the DeKalb County board members were really even threatened if they even audited another race to see what the, you know, if the problem existed in in other um, in other races. So uh, there was a major cover up uh, on this um, by the Secretary of State's office. Um, the election board in DeKalb County tried to do what they could, uh, but they uh, were unable to investigate that the way that it should have been. Just simply incredible. Isn't Georgia the state where the the water main, the alleged water main break caused them to clear Republicans out of the vote counting facility? Then it turned out to be nothing more than a leaking toilet. And we later saw the videos of, you know, suitcases or rolling, uh, you know, buckets of ballots being pulled out from under tables after the Republicans had been vacated from the building. Was that was that the State Farm Arena one? Yeah, that was so. That was the State Farm Arena video. So, um, so the the story on that one is there was a, a what they called a water main break that delayed the processing beginning in the morning by two hours. Um, so the uh, it started late, and it turns out that it was not a uh, water main break at all, as you were alluding to. It was actually a uh, an overflow urinal, urinal from the st- up above the floor above, that's actually uh, caused that. Uh, so they got a, a two-hour late uh, start. They ended up going to about 10 o'clock at night, 
And the one of the uh, officials there came out, one of the ladies, and said, we are stopping counting for the night. And the monitors hung around for a little bit, and then they finally decided to leave within about a half an hour. And as soon as they left, they uh, the officials, the uh, team that was left, about five people, uh, pulled out their um, uh, bags of ballots from underneath a skirted table and then started scanning those, uh, which, uh, and there's numerous violations of Georgia law there. Uh, the first one is that you uh, should not have skirted tables. Uh, that's a violation of the transparency statute. I, I consider that to be, as well as the, um, you know, hiding the ballots underneath the table. Uh, that would be, I would consider it to be another violation. And then uh, starting to um, begin counting again or scanning uh, without monitors present is, a, is another violation of Georgia law. And there's more. Um, so uh, that's some of the problems hmm. that occurred at the State Farm Arena uh, video uh, that you see. Uh, that, um, that was on the election night of November 3rd, 2020. Can I ask you some yes or no questions, and then we'll wrap up with a couple questions about that uh, the Raffensperger trial? Sure. Is it true that approximately 43,000 DeKalb County Dropbox ballots have no chain of custody forms to authenticate them? Uh, yes. I know, I know there's 107,000 statewide, and I, that number in DeKalb sounds close to right. Well, good, because I'm taking it off your website, so <laughs> I'm okay. glad. Um, is it true that all 350,000-plus original in-person ballot images in Fulton County are missing in violation of federal state retention laws? Uh, yes, indeed, and there's 393,000 missing in Cobb as well, Cobb County. 17,720 certified in-person recount votes have no ballot images in Fulton. Right. So what's interesting about that, Randy, is that their ballot images are required to have, uh, in order to have a vote, you have to have a ballot image that is scanned. Uh, you scan a ballot, it makes a ballot image, that creates a cast vote record, and the cast vote record is tabulated. So it's technically impossible to have a vote without a ballot image, but yet Fulton County had 17,000 votes without an image. And the margin, the so-called alleged margin of defeat for Donald Trump in the state of Georgia was, as I recall, around 10,000 plus? Yeah, 11,700. Yeah. Uh, huh. Well, pure coincidence, I'm sure, Garland. Just pure well, coincidence. So any one of those things you mentioned, Randy, were, would be outcome determinative uh, errors. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or regularity. Well, you know, this is another thing I tell folks, because as an activist trying to get people involved and willing to, you know, uh, be poll watchers and be, and learn how to be election judges and, and make phone calls, knock on doors, just do all the hard work of electioneering that you have to do, you know, running up to an actual election. And they, they just don't think that it's worthwhile, that, you know, that it's just going to be stolen again or whatever. And, and I have to remind them. That in spite of all of the unconstitutional actions that were taken uh, as a result of COVID, all of the censorship about things like the Hunter Biden laptop, the Russia collusion lie that, you know, 50 plus um, top security officials of the United States said, you know, Russian, uh, every, this was Russian collusion and 
uh, or the laptop was Russian propaganda, just all of those things. Um, in spite of all of those things, Trump lost Georgia by 10,000. He lost other states by similar small margins. And so now that we're awake to it, now that we're on to their game, the level of actual thievery that would have to occur, um, especially now that we have you know a country that's in such sad shape, uh, it it's almost seems virtually impossible. And I think people should work hard. You know, believe in God, believe in hard work, believe in all the efforts of people like you and me and others around the country, um, and go out there prepared to win. Well, that's right. Work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. Amen. I like that. I'm I'm plagiarizing that, Garland. I'm plagiarizing. <laughs> well, I plagiarize it from my <laughs> wife who plagiarized it from someone else. <laughs> yeah, good, good for her. Um, all right. Let's talk about the actual hacking of the Dominion voting systems in court. Um, this was one of your expert witnesses, Dr. Alex Halderman. I think he did it both times, didn't he? Uh, right. So he was an expert witness for the curling plaintiffs. He uh, hacked uh, the uh, Dominion BMD using a uh, pen from the uh, the, process, the opposing counsel's uh, pen. He just stuck it in there, um, powered the system up and down, and installed malware and uh, changed the results. So um, it was quite an interesting de um, demonstration. But uh, my wife, Tamara, pointed out that, uh, you know, this was the second time he's done this. He did the same thing three years earlier. Yeah. And the Secretary of State's office has done nothing for three years to mitigate any of the problems, the security issues that uh, Dr. Haldeman and others have raised. And she pointed out that that was probably more astounding than even the hack itself. And that was done in open court from the witness stand in a matter of seconds with the pen borrowed from the opposing counsel. That's it. You got it, Randy. Has anyone ever come up with an explanation as to how Herschel Walker lost 20,000 votes in about four or five minutes on election night while all the other vote totals for the opponents were going up? Uh, no, they have not. Uh, Blake Evans, the state election director, tried to say that a county had uploaded an old interim results file. If that was true, then all of the candidates' votes would have gone down and not just Herschel's. So that is still remains a, a mystery to this day. <laughs> and in, in your trial, I think this is where this came in, eyewitness depositions stated that Dominion Voting System personnel accessed the system wirelessly during election night of the 2021 Senate race. Yeah, so that's an interesting story uh, that requires a little bit of detail. Um, the the system, I think we talked about how the system is set up for wireless access, but um, we had two eyewitnesses there on election night on the U.S. Uh, Senate runoff in 2021. That was between David Perdue and uh, John Ossoff. And they were having this same ballot rejection problem we keep talking about, which Tennessee experienced. Um, and the um, Dominion on-site techs were not able to solve it. So they finally went out and called the head uh, tech of all Dominion. Um, his name was Scott Walker. And this was all according to the court records. And um, according to the depositions, um, they came back in 
with smiles on their face, and they said, try it again. And they held their cell phones close to the um, equipment, and sure enough, the rejection problem was solved. Uh, so that was eyewitness testimony, two different ones. And then uh, subsequently some testing occurred later, according to deposition by Jeffrey Lindbergh, and he's a 30-year nation-state vulnerability expert out of Sandia National Labs, and he found the exact scanner setting that Dominion had changed to uh, basically turn that ballot rejection uh, on and off. Uh, so um, that's all part of the court record. That's not me talking. That's actually in the court record that um, we established uh, at the trial. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely fascinating when these cases actually get heard, what people can learn if they're just willing to look and listen. And, you know, as someone who's actually been sued by an employee of, of Dominion Voting Systems, they're always, you know, shouting us down that, that we need to stop talking about it. We're adding, we're increasing damages. We're doing this, we're doing that. Um, but as a, you know, as a talk show host who gets to express his opinions, this is my opinion radio show, uh, it doesn't seem too risky to me to be talking about actual evidence that was actually produced in an actual court hearing. Well, exactly. That's what we're doing here. And I yeah. think in your case as well, I think you're referring to the Joe Allman affidavit, and that is actually uh, part of a court proceeding or probably more than one. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's it was a starting point for a, a great deal of conversation about uh, Dominion voting machines and uh, and election integrity. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Well, I got to tell you, I, I just can't thank you enough. I know it's late; you're on Easter East Coast time, and uh, please thank your wife for giving up part of your Saturday together to spend this much time with our audience here in Denver, Colorado. I, I want to remind people one more time to go to VoterGA.org. We just skimmed the surface of everything that's there and everything that's going on. And as you and I know from the work we're doing with these national calls and, and where that goes after each each call, this kind of um, investigation, this kind of fact-finding, this kind of courageous effort to continue to push back against the election fraud deniers is going on all around the country. Yeah, absolutely, Randy. And what's interesting in our case is that we are actually a volunteer organization. Uh, neither my wife nor I take any salary uh, out of Voter GA. I'm retired. Uh, my house is paid for uh, and at least one car. So I don't really have uh uh, enough expenses where I need to take a salary. So we're just doing this to try to save Georgia. And we have a, uh, a, uh, a an overwhelming, uh, amazing volunteer team that does so many things for us. So, uh, and we rely on the, uh, you know, contributions from, you know, patriots uh, that, you know, watch, you know, listen to your show and, and other shows. So that's how we are able to um, put forth all this evidence. So, we appreciate, um, you know, the listeners and, we, you know, what you what y'all have done and what you hopefully will continue to do to keep us floating uh, in the future. And we've got more evidence coming out in the next few weeks, so uh, we'll have a whole other um, uh, things to talk about. Absolutely fantastic, Garland. And and while we were talking, while we were sitting here, a listener sent an email to me. 
And it was um, a link to a post from Eric Metaxas, who, of course, is a, a very popular author. He's a host here on Salem Radio. Uh, met him many times. He is a co-defendant in one of the Eric Coomer trials here in Denver, Colorado. And uh, and he just posted up uh, 4.35 this afternoon. In case you didn't know, the 2020 election really was stolen. America deserves a do-over. And I'll elaborate on why he said that when we return on the other side. But in the meantime, God bless you, sir. I'm sure I'll see you on the call next week. Look forward to your wrap-up there about the Raffensperger trial. And thank you so much uh, for the work that you and your wife and all the members of your team at VoterGA.org are doing. Um, we, if we save Georgia, I think we save the country. Thank you, Randy. And by the way, I just watched Eric Metaxas' new movie last night, A Letter to the American Church. It is an amazing documentary on Epic Times. So. Fantastic. Small world we're working on here, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. My wife knows that very well. God bless. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Good good to be with you. You bet. Bye-bye. Wow. Did not expect him to stick around so long, but there were just so many different things to talk about. And if you missed any of the interview with Garland Favorito from VoterGA.org, make sure you get the podcast. that will be up right after the show. Uh, John Corbliss behind the glass, uh, just fending off phone callers as they call in. And by the way, we're open lines for the rest of the show. I've not heard back from Pastor Jeff. So uh, just you and me, baby, as we wrap up this Saturday night together, our phone number is 303-696-1971, 696-1971. I'll tell you why Eric Metaxas, even though he too is a defendant in a lawsuit by Eric Coomer of Dominion Voting Machines, Tweeted out tonight, in case you didn't know, the 2020 election really was stolen. America deserves a do-over. Talk about that and so much more if you come right back here on 710 KNUS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, this bumper music was really all supposed to play last week when I got snowed out and they had to play a rerun. And I had put Melanie in there and a a good chunk of that song because the week before we had played Look What They've Done to My Song Ma, another blast from my past, and sort of in honor of Melanie who had died a week earlier, 72, I think, something like that. I don't know. But anyway, a little bit of fun on a Saturday night. What good is it if we can have some fun, reminisce, talk some truth, and also look back on... Man, oh, man, for what for me was a much, much better day and time. Now, people are complaining that uh, we haven't had any fun with creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden. Uh, You know, are you getting to a point where you're feeling sorry for this guy? I mean, what how little must his wife love him to subject him to the embarrassment of trying to act like he's capable of functioning as a human being, much less as a president of the United States. His own State Department issued, his own Department of Justice issued a report that said he's not competent to stand trial. And Democrats are defending him and saying he's still the president of the United States, that he's got got what it takes to do the job including a, a very crazy woman. Where did, what's her name again? Mary Patola, a House re, U.S. House representative from Alaska, 
after this stunning report and the embarrassing press conference subsequently held by Joe Biden came out, this Alaska House nutbag, Mary Petula, Petola, had this to say. Where do you stand today? Is Joe Biden the right person to represent your party in 2024? You know, it's funny. I hear a lot of uh, people asking me about his age. And as a Native person, I really have a tremendous amount of respect for elders. I think that Joe Biden's mental acuity is very, very on. He's one of the smartest, sharpest people I've met in D.C. And what's outrageous about that is Joe Biden has never been a smart, sharp person. He was a plagiarizer. He cheated in law school. He lied in his prior presidential elections, had to drop out because he's just that dumb. And now he's he's broken. He's he's his shelf life has expired. And make no mistake about it. Uh, the reason that this report, they're not going to charge him for all of his classified documents because he was just, you know, creating his archives. He was just scribbling notes on things. He wanted to keep little pieces of history. And now he's an elderly man with severe memory problems. And so we're not going to charge him. And besides, he's not a Republican. And by the way, his last name is not T-R-U-M-P. The hypocrisy is unbelievable, but make no mistake about it. You've been hearing it here for two plus years. Um, now, you know, Dick Morris and, and uh, Bill Maher and others are talking about Joe Biden is not going to be the Democrat nominee. And this Department of Justice report is going to be one of the tools they use to get him to resign or take him out with the 25th Amendment. The I'm not fit for office because my brain is done amendment. And Michelle Obama is going to be the Democrat nominee. They're going to drop her in at the conventions. I believe it. I've been saying it. I didn't come up with it. My good friend Joel Gilbert, filmmaker, documentarian, did a tremendous movie. Michelle Obama, 2024, wrote the companion book. And uh, and I was with him while he was putting that movie together. We met here in Colorado. We did all kinds of interesting things together while that was all coming together. And I believe he was right then, and it's becoming more and more clear to me now. So I hope and I wish and I hope that Donald Trump, the undeniable frontrunner and soon-to-be Republican nominee for president once again, Stops talking about creepy, sleepy, demented Joe Biden, because that's not going to be the target. He needs to be looking ahead at the possible opponents that are coming up. And uh, I think focus more on not that he's taken any advice from me, but focus more on the issues, not the decrepit uh, zombie that the Democrats cheated their way into office with while he was supposedly campaigning from his basement. I've got a piece of audio, and we will take some calls in the final hour, I promise. Uh, wide open, well, lines aren't open, but we will be wide open for your calls at 303-696-1971 in the final hour of the show. We've got some audio from Joe Biden back in 2020, just 2020. You will not believe the difference. He really could put almost full sentences together back then. Not so much anymore. Anyway. 
Final hour of the show's ahead. I hope you'll stay with us. 303-696-1971. Mike, you are on deck when we return on the other side for the final hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.